Hey guys, just a quick content warning. We discuss themes of suicide in this episode. Uh, a reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Or call me. My phone number's at the end of this episode in the ad. Eh. Wait, you haven't been skipping the ad at the end, have you? Mm. Okay, let's start the show. A couple members of the Randy Newman fandom Discussing one of his songs at random Followed by another That's a cover It's Wheel of Randy Well, if you don't be my little woman And I won't Hey, it's Real of Randy, the number one Randy Newman podcast in the world and Canada. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. If you're new to the show, you should probably follow us on Twitter. Go to the pinned tweet and there will be an episode guide. That way when we talk about a certain song, it's easier for you to pause the podcast and listen to the song that we have in mind. All it links to everything up there. So go to Twitter, at Wheel of Randy, go to the pinned tweet, and that'll get you to where you need to go. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering, and that's it, let's start the show! It's Wheel of Randy! Hey folks, we've got Max Easton here today, say hi Max. Hello. Uh, Max is from New South Wales, Australia, is that correct? Correct, correct. Uh, where it is summer and where it is not negative 17 degrees and where we're not having rolling blackouts. Oh, shit. It's, it's, a, it's a wild time here on the, on the southern plains. Oklahoma and Texas are not prepared for the blizzard that we've been having, so... If, couldn't be any more different down here <laughs> if if we cut out then then that is that is why um max contacted me as as a fan of this show and uh i've been doing my doing my homework on you and the the more i, I read the the more interested i am in you max uh we have in common first of all a love of randy newman uh but also a uh, a love of of uh, science journalism and green science journalism. It looks like you spent many years, many years doing that. Are you still in that business? No, I left uh, about four years ago from research science. Um, yeah, an, an enjoyable time, but um, a phase in my life, I think. And now, yeah, going into writing rather than direct research. Very good. I've. Uh... You know, as I said, we're we're recording this in the middle of a, a uh, uh, an unprecedented winter storm, and uh, I am amazed, uh, both online and and in just day to day conversations, uh, I am being bombarded with uh, with messages from the fossil fuel industry this week yeah. saying yeah. that all of this is because we are have been transitioning to to wind and solar and if we had just stuck with with coal and natural gas everything would be fine 
and the reliability <laughs> argument <laughs> Max, it's just yeah it's just relentless we uh we were represented by easily the most conservative democrat in in the country uh with with our former representative and uh big oil went after her hard and we lost her in this last election uh it's just the, the this entire state is just it has a really unhealthy relationship with oil and gas. Yeah, yeah, our country does too. Is a big coal exporter. Um, even after all those fires, you know, it was months, months. The sky was orange, <laughs> even in Sydney. Um, now, you, yeah, your no last moves, election, no moves, as I remember, yeah. had a big, big was a big climate debate around your last uh, series of elections, from what I remember. That it was yeah, it that, seems a referendum on 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 climate change. What happened there? Yeah, and, and it lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well there's there's a number of reasons. It was just uh, I suppose the Labor Party who kind of went in to try and make it a bit of a discussion about climate change just weren't very appealing to a, to I suppose the broad electorate and lots of like once we're in we'll have a discussion. And once we're in, we'll we'll have a chat about that. Um, <laughs> they just assumed they would win the election, and they really underestimated, um, you know, the negative tactics of the Conservative Party. I suppose. Oh my gosh! So you know, it's just but, uh, that that that's what I'm dealing with on a day to day basis here. But we'll talk about more pleasant things here. Uh, I wanted <laughs> to talk about a, a podcast project that you did uh, through, through I guess, early last year, and that was called Barely Human. Um, yeah. And uh, you had an episode that was, was Randy Newman. Uh, uh, interestingly, left, Randy Newman paired with Frank Sidebottom, which is a pairing that <laughs> I did not expect to see. Uh, t- tell people what, what Barely Human is, and then, then we'll talk specifically about that, that Randy Frank Sidebottom episode. Yeah, sure. Um, well, Barely Human is sort of an underground music podcast history um, over the last, uh, mostly the 20th century, I suppose, um, and into the, into the present. Um, which is kind of funny to think Randy Newman's in there. No one would really consider him an underground musician. Right. I don't think, but um, a lot of it is people have been misunderstood or glossed over or, you know, despite their best intentions kind of slipped into some kind of niche or cult following. So I think Randy Newman fans could recognize some of that. The, he seemed to miss every single social movement that happened around him. I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. You know, he released an album in 68, 77, 2008. Surprised he didn't do one last year. But no one loves him, you know, right. other than his cult. And every artist in that series kind of has an element of that or um, an element of that instinct, I think. I, I really enjoyed the episode on on butthole surfers, which is you know, you know, of local interest. You know, we're, we're oh, yeah, Oklahoma, Texas heavy with, with my audience, so so a lot of us <laughs> could could relate to that. And who who is the other band with that butthole surfers? Uh, uh, the stick men with ray guns. Oh my gosh, I'd never heard of them before. That was <laughs> insane. Ridiculous story. Yeah. Uh, that that it, it, I. I 
I, I love the part where they're in a, a basement and they're performing with the lights off and when they turn the <laughs> lights on everyone's covered in blood <laughs> very um, yeah underground schlock yeah <laughs> good old days so uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh listening to that series and i especially like and if you don't mind i'll i'll, I'll quote a little little thing from uh from uh your randy newman episode you say toward the end and I, I had to go and write this down the fate of unique artists like randy and frank sidebottom seems to be to serve their cult following and be misremembered by the masses that is a really fantastic sentence, Max. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because <laughs> misremembered stuck it at the end, then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> misremembered is. I, I can't think of a better better word for for this. That that we have this this man with such a a, a broad uh, catalog, uh, and he's remembered for uh, and no shame in, in doing in movie work, but he's remembered for soundtracks and he's remembered for a novelty song. And, uh, you know, in 50 years, that may be the only thing that people remember about them. That, that and this, yeah. this podcast, which will be in, in season 51 and being run by my grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, we can only hope. <laughs> that, that really summarized for me as, as much as anything that I could think of what Randy's appeal was. That, you know, there are plenty of, you know, I could have spent just as much time, you know, getting into, you know, Dylan or, or, or Springsteen and pe- people in, in the same, if, if not higher levels of, of songwriting. But this, this appeal of, of uh, how would you say it? This, this appeal of, of going after a misunderstood artist. Yeah. Uh, sacrificing some of my street cred by <laughs> exposing myself <laughs> as, as, as a fan. But at the same time, you know, his his music is going after the the oddball and the misfit in society, and uh, you know what? It's what, ult- it's rewarding, you know. It's it's ultimately rewarding to like plunge into the depths of this person that you know you talk to it with someone about it at the pub, and they kind of just nod at you politely, <laughs> like yeah, the short people guy, yeah, yeah, I know him. But then you find somebody, and oh my goodness. <laughs> Doesn't it feel great? <laughs> it does. So we feel uh, less crazy. <laughs> hopefully, we hopefully uh, someone out there can know that they're not alone. That 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 Max and I and and uh, <laughs> our, all all of our guests are a, a cloud of witnesses toward toward the, <laughs> your, your little oddball, uh, your little oddball fascination with Randy. Um, l- let me ask. I'm trying to remember how we first met each other are you one of the little criminals are you part of that email group no um i yeah no <laughs> I, I don't know how i found it to be honest i think it just kind of like an algorithm type accident oh um, god bless our tech overlords they do yeah find thank you to get us together <laughs> uh, but uh you've always given me great feedback on the show and 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 i sure appreciate it uh and i'm beyond thrilled at the song that you've chosen for us today because <laughs> uh, not only because this is i i would would have 
had this search high and low for anyone who would say, yes, this is the one I want to talk about. <laughs> I always have to no, we've already done short people. You've got to pick something else. Uh, <laughs> but uh, t- tell everyone what song that you brought for us today. Uh, Laughing Boy off the first album. And this is, this is, uh, it's, it's really got to be heard to be believed. <laughs> Let's audience, <laughs> if you'll, if you'll pause and, and take a couple minutes, listen to Laughing Boy. And there's a link to this uh, on our Twitter feed at Wheel of Randy, or you can pull off your copy of the first album. And the first album has several names. We'll get to that in a little while. Uh, listen to Laughing Boy, and we will be right back. I've never understood why these environmentally conscious people with five kids in the middle of Watergate would say, you know what we need, let's make another. (laughs) And then I figured it out about six months ago. I pulled a Totino's frozen pizza out of the oven and was cutting it up. And I realized, oh my God, before I came along, Mom had to cut this into seven equal pieces. So either get a PhD in mathematics or have a sixth kid. Okay, I get it. Okay, Max, when I first had to give a review of Laughing Boy, uh, when I was uh, trying to do a kind of a one-line summary of every Randy Newman song a few months ago, I think all I could come up with was, I don't understand this song, and if you do, please explain it to me. <laughs> what is your take on Laughing Boy? And by the way, we've got the lyrics in the chat if you want to look at those together. Yeah, cool. Um, well, you know, in a way, I sort of regret talking about Laughing Boy now because I've, I've always loved it um, and connected <laughs> with it. And now looking back at it, listening to it on repeat, <laughs> there is a lot to forget. Um as with most of his first album, I think yeah. it's, there's a reason it's so forgettable. There's a reason it did so poorly and it doesn't have any, uh, you know, memorable characteristics, I suppose, to the bulk culture. But yeah, I, I really love Laughing Boy. Cause I think it's so throwaway and so disposable and so overworked that it's underworked. And it goes for a minute 50 and what there's two 20 second parts, which are exactly the same. Uh-huh. The intro and outro. It's just such an unlikely song, I think. It's a, uh, the arrangement on this is is so complex, and you've talked about that before. How uh, how the the budget on this first album uh, is is so ridiculous that he's brought in such a, a a full orchestra, and and you know we have Van Dyke Parks doing arrangements. <laughs> I cannot imagine uh, any solo artist getting this kind of uh budget greenlit for a debut album yeah 75 piece orchestra on this song <laughs> i think ridiculous it all on laughing boy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so much going on here yeah but i think i think what it kind of struck me about laughing boy is um yeah, it is a throwaway song to most people, but uh, did you ever hear that's the story about the fan who um, committed suicide? Uh, uh-huh. to this song on yeah, repeat. I tell this story. This is great. Yeah, and it's so sad to think that this was the way he either chose to go out in a way, but 
you know, I've listened to this song and I can kind of get the subject matter and it's like, I could see how someone can latch onto that as to be, you know, either laughed at or, you know, the whole sad clown trope, bit of a Pagliacci thing happening. Yeah. But, I mean, every time I listen to it, I don't really know who the joke is on for Randy. It's finding a clown and killing it because it's probably laughing at you. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Um, let, let, let's go over the, the lyrics, especially of the, uh, of the verse, uh, because I listened to this 10 or 15 times and didn't process the verse get having the lyrics in front of me made, made a big difference. Uh, he says here, find a clown and grind him down. He may just be laughing at you. An unprincipled and uncommitted clown can hardly be permitted to sit around and laugh at what the decent people try to do. You know, just typical bubblegum pop stuff. There. Yeah. A little, little verbose for Randy Newman, too. Uh, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, I think that Randy's going after the decent people here. Yeah, yeah. That That we have a society that is operating in a certain way you've got decent folk doing their thing and here we have someone on the outskirts who is uh who's pointing out the absurdities and maybe pointing out you know the injustices and and you know the the singer says you know that that can't stand we can't have yeah, someone. What if he points at me and I'm the person creating those injustices? Yeah, better, yeah. better, better grind them down. You know, I, I love love that thought of of it being violent, like you suggested. I'd never thought of of, of grinding down in a violent way, but yeah, I guess you, I can see you know the mob going after this clown. <laughs> but you know, it's it's kind of in terms of the rest of his, I guess, discography following that he, he doesn't really get into those kind of satires for a couple of records so it's kind of feels like the start of a thread frame too where sort of the butt of the joke is unclear it's kind of probably on the listener a little bit it's sort of on himself you know that's kind of what he does in his own songwriting it's almost like a prelude to uh you know, like the mr sheep type songs later on which yeah. are you know yeah. So make fun of the businessman, but the jokes is on the person making fun of the businessman type complexity, you know, that style of songwriting it gets into. Yeah, let, let's, let's talk about that where the, and he really does that in, in Mr. Sheep and, and you know, the album cover uh, uh, for Mr. Sheep, the, the album cover for Born Again is, is really iconic in, in, in describing that kind of attitude uh, that he's got this... Uh, what do you say? I guess it's kiss makeup that he's wearing in, in this album. Uh, I think he's described it as such in yes. the past. So he's got kiss makeup on, except he's got dollar signs over the eyes and he's, he's in a business suit and he's got, I think my favorite little detail of, of that album cover is, is you see the, the, the picture of his family and the kids have the kiss and they have on too as they're that, hanging yeah. out with the dog. Some just, kind of mutant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> a nice little touch there. But yeah, you know, it, it is a common theme for him uh, that, that he's, he's pointing out how ridiculous, you know, sometimes it's the excesses, but sometimes it's just, you know, how society works. Mm. 
at the same time, like you said, he's kind of going after himself. He's not portraying this clown as this this tortured, tragically misunderstood artiste. He's he's an unprincipled clown. He's an uncommitted yeah. clown. You know, he's it's a day he job. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to be great at this to to point out the absurdities. <laughs> but yeah, I keep going back to this line, grind him down, that that society doesn't have to, you know, go after him. The society could just you know, wear him out until he gets tired. Yeah. 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 It out. Make him perform uh, three shows a day and <laughs> like poor Davy the fat boy just trying yeah, out yeah. And, and have him do it. Well that's that's the thing with that record too. It's very um carnival esque. There's a lot of that sort of Dave the Fat Boy's a carnival song. Yeah. To me. Linda, this is kind of the same way. Linda's yeah. a carnival song. Which I guess comes from whatever he's chosen to do with the arrangements and I'm sure Van Dyke Parks, like is it Song Cycle, I think was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Very similar sort of you know, like roadshow, circus, carnival type Americana ideas. And I guess, you know, we, we're we not too far apart from, you know, Sergeant Pepper had those same themes yeah. too. There, it's almost this, almost this, this fascination with, with childhood in the forties and early fifties. Yeah. Um, Which is like, um, it's kind of, it's, it's what I don't see talked about much about that record is like being released in 1968, uh, being surrounded by this, you know, growing countercultural movement and the hippies and the yippies kind of rising around them and every label on the West coast trying to latch onto that, which is what they were trying to do with this record was to, you know, this will be electric lady land. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> and it, it seems like they they really leaned into um trying to sell it as as difficult listening you know, yeah you know the complex yeah the the album as you see it marketed today it's just called randy newman but the, my copy uh has a longer name for it uh randy newman has has something new under the sun Create, like create something create new under the sun. sun. Yeah. yeah, I found that uh, in my local record shop. I'd always had, you know, the the the, re- the revised version, but this was the original cover where he's standing there and he looks like a narc in front of this. Oh, uh, in a turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by sheet music and pencils, yeah. you know, couldn't get it couldn't get any more, you know, off the pulse than that. <laughs> And then, and the revision, the revision's much better. The cover and the title. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I learned from you from your podcast that they kind of did a a, a radio campaign when it it didn't sell at first. Uh, what was it they said? Uh, you know, it grows on you or something like that. Once you get used to it, his voice is really something. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever is, the copy that guy, is some brutal marketing. <laughs> Whoever the copy guy was at Warner Brothers or Reprise at the time had this weird sense of humor that was like that, which which I, you know, probably you and I both buy as Randy Newman fans. Like that's how I, I would buy that record. Um, and <laughs> they did this series of double LP compilation records called the Lost Leader or the the Warner Roadshow type thing, 
we did sell them for two dollars in the post at a loss and made a real big deal about um you know how much money they were losing on these records to get these people into your home the sort of thing with huh. um, with the yeah, like randy and van dyke parks and the fugs and the mother's invention and uh, all these people who weren't quite landing as well as they hoped and they send them out ship them out to record stores sort of thing um and in there he's just ragging on every all the artists as you know you won't get it the first time around but if you uh you know reach out buy another record maybe you'll get it the sixth time (laughs) we we saw that how how we lost thirty five thousand dollars on this record that kind of thing we saw a little bit of that in the comedy community at at the time when 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 they were first advertising Don Rickles, they would say, squares won't get it, man. <laughs> Just kind of daring you to try it and daring you not to like it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know anything about the music business, but I'm just astounded that that Randy could have, could release record after record that goes nowhere. Um, and the label not dropping. Yeah, yeah, I, he's I, very it's lucky, just man. Unthinkable anymore. Uh, and I don't know if that was just if the business was if there were more in the long haul back then, or if his family name uh, carried a lot of weight and kept him going. But but we have someone who doesn't have a hit until what sixth record. Yeah, yeah. I just can't yeah, imagine. I don't understand the. I mean, what's the? Um, there's a psychological term for it with gamblers, like the uh, negative something fallacy, the bad investment fallacy. Oh, the sunk thing. cost. Yeah, the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, surely, you know, they know he can write a song, and you know, the first record comes, it's a flop. The second one is, for some reason, a country record. The third one's. A, smart record eventually is going to land something but um yeah i mean i if i was the accountant i'm sure i would have dropped him very quickly i i couldn't help but wonder if all of it was just uh to to get his name out there as a songwriter if this was you know a, a way to market to you know three dog night or dusty spring mm. or what have you that that they could take a loss on the record if if they could could find the right singer to match with the song. Um, well, there must be some element of that. There's there's got to be. Back to Laughing Boy though. Uh, just I love the uh, the sound on this. The, the it's probably his most. There's more discord in this song than in in most of the stuff. The trumpets are kind of blaring. Uh, the tempo's all over the place. Um, it's not like anything else he's done. It's really unique. And not just for him. I think, like, I haven't heard many songs like that. It's kind of like um, sort of what the Kinks were doing at the time, you know, like Village Green Preservation Society and all these big, ambitious, wacky-type rides that went for, like, eight minutes. But, you know, I sort of wonder if, if, if this song was a, was longer um he could have had a lot of fun with it. It's a shame it's squeezed into a minute 50 or two minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very unique. 
Yeah, and he's saying a lot with with not a lot of words, which is <laughs> sometimes the signature of this. Uh, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed uh, I've really enjoyed listening to this. I I made the mistake of of putting it on repeat, and uh, you, you talked about the, the the suicide note. If if you don't mind, I'll share kind of uh, kind of the story behind that. And I guess this was from. I'm trying to remember which which article, which interview with, with Randy this was, but uh, it says this guy wrote me a letter saying his friend had just killed himself, and he left Laughing Boy on the CD to play over and over and over and over. Randy looks out at the pool. The sunlight is making it glitter. Yeah, he says ruefully. Kind of a compliment, you know. <laughs> I wrote back saying thank you. Great compliment. <laughs> And you know, I, I, I've heard I've heard before that uh, that there's there should be a, a a connection between your your music app and and your your counselor that if you if you play oh, yeah, if you play Tangled Up in Blue seven times in a row it automatically calls the emergency <laughs> room that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, but yeah, this just in a minute fifty you can. <laughs> You can hear this a lot in an hour without even realizing it. Oh yeah, um, and it just—it does. It's so—it's kind of like V-shaped. It just goes around and around. It's very, you know, it's perfectly symmetrical the whole song. So it's probably locking into a kind of rhythm, like as you play it on repeat too. Like I feel I—I I was listening to it on repeat to try and remember what I liked about it um, during the week. And you do feel a bit odd. Yeah. Not saying that that's responsible for like the man's mental health, which we, I know I've been laughing at it, but it's not obviously not funny. But it is such a bizarre and, and interesting um, sequence of events, which is it also speaks to like songs that most people think are forgettable. There's always something that someone latches onto, yeah. um, where that guy feels clownish or laughed at or um, you know repressing repressing his feelings to you know just laugh along and walk by sort of thing um yeah and i've always said there's a randy newman song for every occasion in the same way there's there's a television personality song and a a fall song for every occasion like (laughs) yeah i think randy newman has covered the entirety of human experience over his discography that's that's about right oh man uh oh i i I think one of my favorite parts about the arrangement uh, is how um, how the horns kind of fizzle away uh, at the end of the chorus. The, mm. the things slow down, and it, it's almost like the the, the horns uh, are are giving up. It's got that. <laughs> so it it's almost like, like cartoonish. It too. is. You know, it young. is. Yeah. And you know we've we've heard that before on this show that uh that there was a lot of oh what is it that that jazz piece that that uh that looney tunes would always use for the factory settings um, <laughs> that has that 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 same feel um oh gosh uh, if, if you go back to uh the scare floor episode we talked about that quite a bit 
But yeah, I mean, th- this this whole album, it's. I'm not going to be the guy that says this is a, a misunderstood album and that this is this is a, a, a neglected masterpiece, but uh, boy, there's a whole lot of potential in this for a, a, a 24 year old to be putting yeah. something like this out. I just I can't imagine. Yeah, the first few times I I heard it, I completely wrote it off as um kind of an errant beginning. It's like a you know, it's the first novel, um, you know, completely disposable and not like what he ends up becoming yeah. <laughs> in a way. But I, I think it's really rewarding. Let's spin the wheel, Max. Go. Cool. I don't know if you've seen our new shiny green wheel. Whenever you feel lucky, yell stop and then read what it lands on for us. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can do a respin if you want, or we can commit to this. No, no, no. All right. No. We, we've landed on the infamous... Sigmund Freud's impersonation of Albert Einstein in America. <laughs> and folks, this is off. Uh, it's off Little Criminals, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Yeah, I really don't like Little Criminals as a record. It was the first record I, I bought of Randy's, no, and it gets I, to this stuff, and it's like, yeah. Well, let's uh, listen to that together, and folks. Uh, you know, take take a gamble and listen to this, and we will be back in just a minute. <laughs> uh, so it cures me of any nostalgia. I'm going to leave you with two stories, two things that I overheard two different days in two different diners in Idabel, Oklahoma. Diner number one. Do you know why they don't teach cursive in the schools no more? Why's that? so kids can't read the Constitution. (laughs) Diner number two. Yeah, I'm one-eighth Chickasaw. I'm not on the rolls or nothing, but, you know, it's in the family Bible, so that's even better proof. Well, how does that prove anything? It's in the Bible. Good night. That's not how you spell Filipino. <laughs> not even close. Good grief. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, yeah. I didn't expect that. He had he has to hide everything. <laughs> has to hide everything? Uh, so much hidden. <laughs> like it's such a nothing song. It's uh, I, 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 I don't know what he's going for in this song. Uh, I, I don't know if, if he's he's just going after superficial patriotism, or if he's going after uh, how what a childish view of, of scientists 
we have in America? Or I, what do you think's going on with this song? It's I don't know. Uh, I, I, the title being so long, and it's like a Kurt Vonnegut subtitle or something. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I think he's got like a bit of a. He's really trying to find his sense of humor almost, and just doesn't have it. Yeah, you know. But I, I was surprised that there's all this sort of, you know, like that nod to kind of imperialism that, you know, Albert Einstein's coming across the ocean and, like, you know, you've whipped, whipped the Filipino and now you own the Western Sea and, you know, while the patriotic, you know, undertones running through the, um, yeah, weird dick joke thrown in there for no reason. and Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it ends with, may all your Christmases be white. So I'm sure it's not an accident for Randy Newman to kind of refer to some kind of, um, you know, racist imperial uh, notion of the United States. Oh, yeah. See, when, when I think of that, I I, I think of uh, you know, when Irving Berlin uh, wrote White Christmas and he, he asked his, his uh, rabbi, are, are you okay with me writing White Christmas? And he says, just give us a percentage of your royalties. <laughs> That's amazing. So we have, I don't know. Einstein is, he, he's a cartoon anymore. Um, and so is Freud. Yeah, and so is Freud. But where's Freud in the song? Like, I don't. The, the, only, know, really the only Freud that I can think is maybe the the the, the dick joke, or maybe it, it's Freud uh, saying that. Uh, maybe, maybe it's Freud making fun of of the Americans that, that they have this mm. this uh, incredibly complex thinker and they have to reduce him to um, a, a patriotic symbol. Yeah, um, well, it is. It is. I suppose. If it's Sigmund Freud's impersonation of Albert Einstein in America, it's probably supposed to be and not not a very generous one. But Sigmund Freud, you know, doing American stereotypes in a silly voice. Yeah. But I don't I don't fully understand the um the role of these two you know, European figures and I don't know. Uh, it's it's part and parcel of that record, is it in a way? Um, maybe I'm trying too hard to read something into this. I'm definitely maybe. trying too hard to read something. Sometimes, sometimes cocaine is just cocaine, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. Next. <laughs> next. Um, this is when we get to, to next, next week. This week's cover. And I looked long and wide for a cover of Laughing Boy, and I couldn't find one anywhere. Um, it's it's uh, made further difficult that there are lots of different songs called Laughing Boy. Mm. Uh, Mary Wells had a, a minor Motown hit called Laughing Boy, and then Hall and Oates had a Laughing Boy, and then Pulp had a Laughing Boy. So it's not like you can just you know, do a do a do a Spotify search and find one. So uh, 
in lieu of that, do you have a favorite Randy cover that, that you want to recommend to people? Um, well, the only, this comes out of like your list with uh, Laughing Boy being so f- far down the list and Pretty Boy, which I also wanted to talk about oh. if I didn't do Laughing Boy. It's uh, Kurt Vile's Pretty Boy, which is sort of an unexpected cover. I never oh. expected him to do a Randy Newman cover. Okay. Yeah, Pretty Boy's a difficult song, but I, 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 I am interested to hear Kurt Vile's take on that. All right, I will check that out. Max, thank you for coming. This may have been a short one, but it's a good one. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Are you more of a Twitter guy? or how, how um, e- Email's out? always best. It's max at barelyhuman.info or, um, yeah, Max Eason on Twitter for as long as I have one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Your Twitter bio way. says you have a book coming out. Is that still in the works? Yeah, I just got the um, body blow of a big round of edits comeback over the weekend, so... <laughs> Should be out in August or September. The nice. first novel. Drop drop me a line when that does and, and we can we'll I'll show, send you a copy. We'll promote that. Oh, lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming. You know, we look at, at, at you in Australia and I don't know, man. Sometimes I get pretty jealous, especially on <laughs> days like today. Uh, when I'm paying two thousand dollars a month just for my health insurance. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's let's look around. <laughs> but, Oh, yeah, we, we look at the U.S. and say, have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but looks like the fires aren't as bad this year as last year. No, uh, wet summer. So the kangaroos and the koalas are safe this year. Thank you so much for doing this. And, and don't be a stranger. And folks, be sure to follow Max. And, and we, will, uh, we will definitely keep you apprised on what's going on with him. Thanks, Dan. Thanks very much. Hey, that was a pretty good episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network. Couple of acknowledgments. Thank you to Brian Mays for our artwork. You can find Brian online. He says Facebook's the best place to get hold of him. You search for Brian Mays Art and you'll find him. Thank you to Dalton Stewart and Vince Spencer for some extra voices for this episode. Thank you to Alex Sanchez for our Second Chances theme music. Thank you to Matt Farley for our intro music. You can find lots of Matt songs online at Motern Media. That's M-O-T-E-R-N Media. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. That's me. That's my day job. We are registered civil engineers in Oklahoma and Texas. We specialize in water and sewer engineering for small to medium-sized communities. Uh, A couple of things that we're focusing on right now is hydraulic modeling. Uh, Every town needs a computer model of your water system or you're paying too much in your homeowner's insurance. Long story. The other thing we're specializing in is risk and resiliency studies. Every town needs to have a risk and resiliency study turned into EPA by this summer. If you haven't done it, hurry. Give me a call. Eh, if you're from Oklahoma or Texas. Legally, I can't help you otherwise. 405-426-7634. And our new background music that you're listening to right now is Good Morning Little Schoolgirl by Sonny Boy Williamson. Number one. That's our show. Now I'm done. It's Wheel of Randy. <laughs>